We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, you beautiful people. Thank you for hanging out with us here today on Empower Radio. Now, I'm wondering, can you look back on some of your relationships and wish you would have done things differently? If you're human and if you're like me, you've made some mistakes. Unfortunately, mistakes and failure are simply part of the human experience. However, if you're open to it, mistakes and failure can teach you life lessons like success and ease cannot. Here's a quote from Richard Bach. There are no mistakes. The events we bring upon ourselves, no matter how unpleasant, are necessary in order to learn what we need to learn. Whatever steps we take, they are necessary to reach the places we've chosen to go. Very wise words indeed. I think the hardest thing for most people after doing something they regret or later deem as stupid is to not beat themselves up, not to allow that little voice in their head to become demeaning, hurtful, or critical. Have you paid attention to the little voice in your head, especially after making a mistake? And is that little voice kind, gentle, supportive, and loving? Or is it negative, condescending, hurtful, and judgmental? Not only will you not manifest the life of your dreams with that inner voice being critical, your health and your relationships will suffer as well. As synchronicity would have it, I received this message from Divine Mother Daily Quote today. Your body responds to every thought you have. Negative self-talk is far more damaging than any fear or shame. So if you're becoming aware that your inner voice is not your cheerleader and advocate, you are not going to want to miss this show today. We are spending time with Melissa Risden, the author of the ebook, Turn Your Inner Critic Into Your Raving Fan. Melissa is a certified master neurostrategist, master hypnotherapist, certified neurolinguistic programming coach, speaker, seminar leader, intuitive healer, and teacher. Melissa's passion and purpose is teaching people how to turn their inner critic into their raving fan. After years of internal criticism, a painful divorce, and 17 years in a successful career in corporate America, Melissa began to realize she wanted something different, something more. Melissa decided to leave her comfort zone and immerse herself in the world of self-help and began to pursue her true passion. Melissa now shares with others what it takes to claim the life they really want to live. Melissa now is her own biggest raving fan and wants you to become your biggest raving fan as well. So, Melissa, thank you so much for being here today on Journey to Center. Thank you. I am, I am so honored to be here and, and so glad that um, I've found you and met you. This is wonderful. I know. I'm very, very grateful. And this is such an important subject. I'm so glad you're bringing it up for conversation. So, so vital. So, first of all, I'd like to hear from you. What are, in your words, how would you define the inner critic? Well, I use the term inner critic to really summarize any of the multiple of negative voices that are in our head. I think that, you know, I, I joke around with people that it's, we're really not crazy. We just literally do have multiple voices that are in our head that are criticizing it. Some of it may have been a voice of, you know, a, a parent, 
you know, um, a father figure, you know, something along those lines that you've carried on through childhood. It could be your, your own voice, but that more and more people I talk to, there, there's more than one voice in our head that can be critical at different, at criti- at different times. And so I just really use the term inner critic to summarize all of those voices so that any of the teachings that I do can be, um, can be taught amongst any of those different voices. I know in different, you know, different psychological things, they may say it's the inner child, it's the judger, it's the, you know, they may have different names for it. And I just kind of like to, to look at it. It's, it's, all very, it's all very similar depending on whatever it is you want to name it. Okay, yeah, that makes sense to me because I, I talk about having different sub-personalities, but you're saying any and all of the voices that are not um, kind, that would yes. fall under the umbrella of the inner critic. Okay, Correct. very, very cool. So I'd like to know a little bit about your background and how you got to this place of being the cheerleader for the raving fan, which I think is fantastic, but I want to know a little bit about your process that got you to this place. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's it's been a journey, and looking back on my life, it was, you know, a little bit and a little bit a little bit um, along the ways, and I think um, a huge turning point for me was in my early 30s, I went through a painful divorce, and as most things happen when something very difficult, when we go through something very difficult, we start asking very different questions, and I started embracing the, the self-help world after being introduced to it. So the first step was through some therapy, you know, questioning what's my life, what's going on, being depressed. And, uh, you know, a a therapist had said to me, Melissa, life's about having a relationship with yourself. And at the time, I really had no idea what she meant by it because I had no idea who I was. I had had an identity my whole life. I was going to, you know, grow up. I was going to get married. I was going to have kids. And I grew up and I got married and I got divorced. And it was just every dream I had had felt shattered. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know who I was. And uh, it was a relatively painful period of time because I didn't know what to do about it. And it was very slowly through going to therapy, I got introduced to Tony Robbins. It really started to help me look inside as to who am I? What do I want? What's my needs? How do I best ask for that? And it made me stop just to kind of look at back at my whole childhood. You know, who, who, who was I? What did I want? And um, I started to look back at pictures of myself. And I remember there's one specific picture. It was in the summer, and I was 17. And I looked at this young girl who was this, you know, tan, fit, young, vibrant child. And I remembered what it felt to be her. And it was I felt ugly, and I felt alone, and I felt that nobody liked me or wanted me and loved me. And I realized that what was on the outside and what was internal didn't match. And that I had been constantly my entire life asking me what's wrong with me. And a second part of that question was, why doesn't anybody love me? Mm. And when I started to realize I was asking myself these questions, you know, consciously and unconsciously over and over and over again, it really hit home that something's got to change here. Something's got to be different because this, this is not healthy. This doesn't match. Mm-hmm. And it and it it really started propelling me into a new area of you know what is this life coaching wor- world and what is this um, you know NLP and what it, what do you mean that you can change your beliefs and it just really propelled me into a whole different direction where I embraced spirituality I you know 
talk to angels now. Intuition is something that's in my life where those were things that were never there 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's been quite the journey, I would say, over the last 10 years of really discovering who I am, what I want, what I'm meant to be doing. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you said yes to this because we need more people like you. They're like teaching this material. It's so vital. And you bring up a good point. I don't think we become spiritual adults without really experiencing some pain and having to go through some, some crisis, you know, it can kind of wake us up to our truer nature. So, um, I'm, I'm personally so grateful that, that you, um, had the courage to say yes to this because it's tough. It can be tough. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a journey, and there's been some good days, and there's definitely been some some bad days. And it was, you know, it's just ironic on some of the stuff. I don't think of myself as somebody who's courageous, and yet I look back that in the face of fear and in the face of loneliness, in the face of depression, I really stepped up and moved through it and walked into the fear, and and that's something that because it's something I've just always done. It doesn't seem that something is a, is a big deal, but whenever right. I kind of pause and look back on life, I'm like, it is a big deal. Not everybody does that. And so it's something I'm very, very grateful for. Yeah, I think that's true. I think so many of us can take our gifts for granted because we're just used to being ourselves and we don't see ourselves necessarily objectively or with great compassion or respect or love. So I love this message and you bring up such a vital point our thoughts about ourselves is actually the foundation for the rest of our life. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first paid attention, consciously paid attention to the voice in my head, I was a bit astonished at how mean I was to myself. I was calling myself names and it was just, I would not talk like that to anyone. And then I wondered why my life wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> You know that aha moment? It's like, oh, this kind of makes sense now. It's like, I need to start speaking to myself differently if I want to go a different direction. So I, I love, again, that this is your platform. This is your teaching. And, and you break it down to, to comprehensive basics. So I'm, I'm looking forward to knowing more about how we can make that transformation. You know, say somebody's listening and they're like, you know what? I, I can say some pretty mean things to myself. What, do they, what, what can we start to do? to start to shift, to go a different direction, to start reprogramming that inner critic? Well, one thing I think people naturally want to do is they want to shove things away. And if something's difficult to hear, it's like you want to, you know, shove it in the closet, push it down and not pay, pay attention to it. It's, I think in our culture, we're kind of, um, it's a learned behavior just to turn away from what's not working. And, and I always say that it's like, you need, you need to turn into it. You need to understand that behind this criticism, there truly is wisdom. There is a part of you that is desperately trying to communicate to you. And if you continue to ignore it, no matter how cool the words might seem, it's only going to get worse. Because as we've all seen, these voices don't go away. They stay with us. There might be times in our lives that they're quieter, but they're always there. So I always Mm -hmm. say, instead of making them your enemy and constantly being in battle, let's cultivate a relationship with that part of yourself and let's cultivate a positive relationship so those Mm -hmm. voices now help you instead of hinder you and that they become your raving fan and they become your cheerleader. And it's not something that's important. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't not, just not put them in the closet and lock them up. You, it's, it's best to try to cultivate a relationship with them that's more positive. Yes. So what do you think is really behind or beneath the criticism? And how can it be pur- purposeful and helpful? Well, you know, when that kind of concept came to me, you know, sometimes you get these lightning flashes of ideas and then it's like, well, wait a minute, let's go actually see, you know, does this actually make sense? And so I went kind of internally on what was mine. I had asked myself my whole life, what's wrong with me? And I knew I consciously asked that and I unconsciously asked it. And I was also a people pleaser. So I started to look at specific situations that it's like, what's going on in this situation that I'm asking myself, what's wrong with me? Well, it's a question I can immediately get an answer to. I can course correct. I can change what I'm saying. I can change my attitude. I can, I can um, immediately like manipulate the situation. And a lot of it came from a negative place and wanting to make the other people happy. Well, when I started to look at, you know, what's the message deeper behind this? You know, why am I asking myself what's wrong with me? I started to realize that I'm seeking information in the moment. I'm wanting to course correct course correct. And I'm wanting to find out in this given moment, what is the message? And it, it, it just hit me because it's like, it's not what's wrong with me. It's what's the message. What's the message in this moment allowed me to really flip that voice around. It's the same, like the voice is the same tonality. It has the same way of saying it. It's just the question now that it's asking is different. Mm. And, and the, it really started with, the, I, you know, I say the first step is really acknowledging that that voice is even there. You yes. know, l- listening to what it's saying can sometimes be just that first step of awareness. Yeah, that's such a, an important first step. I remember for me when I, when I had that awareness, it's like, wow, you know, because the voice was just running all the time and it was unconscious. But when I started paying attention to it and realized it wasn't kind, I realized I have some work to do some inner work to come into a more um, accepting relationship with myself if I want to manifest accepting relationships in my life. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's really, really great wisdom. We first have to pay attention to it and what's it saying. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to get it on our side. So how can we start to transform that language? I think, you know, what you say, what's wrong with me is there's not going to be a a good answer for that ever. That's going to move you in the direction you want to go. Right. So you had to, it sounds like you had to change that question. I did. I really, I really did have to go kind of deep with, I actually um, got on a, in a journal, like a handwriting on a journal and was like, okay, you know, this is a voice that I've been ignoring because it was just, anytime I asked myself what's wrong with me, I would just immediately, you know, answer the question or I had a voice that was like, you're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid. All those things that are just heart wrenching. And I sat down with a journal and started just, letting those voices talk and get stuff out and, and listen and acknowledge it. Because when I realized that part of me that was asking me what's wrong with me, was actually trying to help. It just no longer was working. <laughs> it was, it was no longer working in the way that was, a, was helpful to me. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I really needed to acknowledge it. It's almost like um, with any relationship, if there's the, the parent or the friend or the sibling that the relationship has grown apart, one of the very first steps people recommend is just listening to what it is they have to say. Because a lot of times, anger and frustration is going to come out first. And I found when I just journaled and I let these voices rant and rave, it was just, you know, pages, pages of things. 
And when it got out some of the first level of, of harshness, it, you know, it started to come out, I say these things because I want to help you. I say these things because I want to give you a voice. I, I, you know, I ask you what's wrong with you because I want you to tell them what you need and what you want. And I, I just started listening to what it was underneath the, the, the bark, I kind of say. There's that, like, lash out that they have at you. And it was just like, it, that was life-changing in, in itself. And that was something that was recommended to me um, called active imagination of just sitting and writing. What is this part trying to say? And just really openly listening to it. And it was amazing to me because it was just underneath all of this, there was wisdom and there was guidance and there was a positive intent. You know, we want you to be happy. That's why we're saying some of these things. And it didn't seem to really match up at first when I first started learning this, but the more I've dealt with myself on this, the more that I've helped other people with this, I really realized that behind that bark of a criticism, there really is a part of you that's trying to keep you safe, trying to keep you whole, trying to help you. It's just no longer working in the way that it had originally intended. Yeah, I love that. And and something I, I believe is, you know, beneath the anger is hurt, beneath the hurt is love. So it's like, if you listen, if you listen long enough, it, it's going to transform. There are layers. There are layers to this work. And uh, as we peel back those layers, we get to that place of, uh, I think, eventually of uh, compassion and love. And so now, Melissa, I'd like to know more about how would you describe the raving fan? Tell me about that aspect. Well, I look when you, you know, you look out to people in the world that you um, admire, and I'm talking about like the people that you really enjoy and admire. And someone that, that comes to my mind is like Oprah Winfrey, Marianne Williamson. Um, there's also Marie Forleo. She's, you know, these are all women that are out in the self-help world. And I look at, you know, they like who they are, and they also just absolutely fell in love with who they're meant to be. Oprah knew she was supposed to be somebody big on stage with a message. And she really just started to fall in love with that aspect of herself and start to really embody it and be be a fan of it. And I really believe with any of these people that I look at, you know, that that are doing well in their lives and those the ones that I say that, you know, like authentically they seem to completely aligned in their message, they're a big fan of who they are, of what they do and they've created, you know, raving fans amongst people who want to work with them, who be around them, or, you know, like sports teams. They have these crazy raving fans that adore them. And I look at it that you need to create that within yourself. You need to be, you need to like who you are. You need to like what you do. You need to be cheering for yourself so that you have somebody helping you through the difficult times. Because as, as we know, no matter where we're met, what's that famous line? No matter where you go, there you are. Yes. We're the ones that are <laughs> with ourselves 110% of the time. So who, who says that we're not supposed to be a fan of who we are? And why not be a raving fan of yourself? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, what I hear when you speak, and I love this, it's about really becoming our own best friend. It really is. Really, yes. It really is. I was going to say, you said that earlier about, you know, you, you talk to yourself the way you would never talk to someone else. And, and I say this to people that I say, you know, would you, you know, would you talk to your best friend the way that you talk to yourself? And everyone says no. 
then it's like, then why, why talk to yourself that way? Let's, let's take the steps to turn this around, become a fan of who you are. And it, and it is a journey. You know, there are some things that can switch immediately, and I do find that, it, you know, it's, 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 it's like any other muscle. It's an exercise. It's something that you need to do yes. every, every day. It's a relationship that you need to um, put effort into. Absolutely. Make it a priority. And, and like you, I had that moment where it's like, I need to make my relationship with myself the most important relationship in my life, the priority and and uh, that was like, huh? It was kind of a weird thing, but I really needed to step back and not worry about taking care of other people for a while. Because so often I would hear, well, what do you think? What do you feel? And I had no answer. So I needed to really take time to get in touch with those answers. <laughs> Who am I? What do I like? I knew I liked purple and I liked pepperoni pizza, but that was about all I knew. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, you, you speak of the importance of becoming really comfortable in your own skin. I think that's such an important message. I think that's where true comfort is, where true liberation, true freedom resides. It's not out there. It's inside of ourselves. How do we get comfortable in our skin so that we can have a joyful, happy life? Yeah, it it is something. It is it it is it, it is a different feeling when you get to that point of being comfortable in your own skin. And one of the things that's so great about it is that we're still going to make mistakes. It's just when you're comfortable in your own skin, you're so much more forgiving and loving of yourself, and you're so much more of just who you are, as opposed to shape shifting based on what environment that you're in, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things is just really making a declaration to yourself that this is something that you're going to do. You know, doing a daily practice of sharing love for yourself. You know, every single day we we go in the mirror, we brush our teeth, we brush our hair. For women, we're putting on our makeup and our mascara and our lipstick and all those kinds of things. And it's start to have a, a, a discussion with yourself. You know, start to identify what it is that you that's in reflection that you love. And if, you know, if you, if, if that's difficult for you, maybe, maybe you've got, you know, beautiful brown eyes and you can just look and go, you know what, the color of my eyes are really beautiful. And that might be the only thing that you're able to do for a while. Yes. It's just once you do that, you'll start to notice, wow, I have, I have really beautiful eyelashes or wow, my, my eyebrows shaped really well. You know what? I've, I've got really yes. great hair. <laughs> There's all start these somewhere. You- yes, but start somewhere. Start, start somewhere. somewhere. Crack that door open. Mm-hmm. Start, start like somewhere and really doing that reflection um, to yourself. I, I know something for me that was utterly life changing was that I was on the phone call with a coach and she said, are you standing in front of a mirror? And I said, no. So she said, go get in front of one. And she had me repeat 10 times looking at myself in my own eyes saying, I love and accept you exactly as you are. And when I got up to about, you know, like, I'm just, I love and accept you exactly as you are. I love and accept you exactly as you are. And when I got up to about the fifth time, I cried my eyes out. I'd never said those words to myself in my entire life. And, wow. That's a you know, powerful that's some, moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and she told me, okay, my, my homework for the next two weeks was to stand in front of the mirror and say it 50 times in a row every day. And that would be transformational. I can see how that can completely shift your life. Yeah, it, it was extremely transformational because I had just, I had never said those words to myself. I don't know, 
you know, if someone had said them to me, I didn't hear them. And it was just like loving and accepting who I am in this, in this moment. And, and that's a, that's a, you know, that, that's definitely homework I, I give to everyone freely. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I me mean, know. if people are listening to this and this is what you take away, this little tidbit that Melissa just shared with us will change your life. I guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. If you, if you do nothing else, that's one of those things. It's like, just, just do it. Yeah, it might be uncomfortable at first, but you'll eventually get used to it. And it will just turn the steering direction in your life in the direction that you want to go. I guarantee guarantee that. It's just a simple truth. Well, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, Melissa Risden is going to share her inner foundation formula to turn us more in the direction of self-love. And also how you can get your free copy of her ebook. Turn your inner inner critic into your raving fan. So hold on. We'll be right back with the wisdom and kindness and sweetness of Melissa Risden. I'm home and I love it. I'm home where I belong. I'm home and I love it. I'm home. It's always nice to come home, but these days, many Americans are at risk of foreclosure and losing their homes. Fortunately, help is available. Making Home Affordable is a free program from the U.S. government that has already helped over a million struggling homeowners, and we want to help you. I'm home. I'm home. And I love it. I'm home. Find out now what your options are. Go to makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1-888-995-HOPE. The sooner you act, the better chance we can help you. I'm home. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. Have you ever lost a cat? And have you ever wanted to get your cat back after you lost it? Hi there. I'm Andrew Hoffman. I went on this website called inventnow.org. Then I decided to make an invention of my own. It's called the Lost Cat Magnet Invention. So you can get your cat back after you lost it. Just turn it on and lost cats stick to it. That's a good cat. If your cat was hiding up in a tree, it won't be up a tree anymore. It will be stuck to the lost cat magnet. And sometimes they fly toward you in the air. Just listen to one satisfied cat. See, that's proof. You should go to the inventnow.org website, too. But just remember one thing. Don't do a lost cat magnet. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Before there were computer games and HDTV, cram courses and teaching to the test, there was this thing called imagination a tool so powerful it could transport kids on the most amazing journeys of their lives from outer space to center field at yankee stadium it is for these journeys that destination imagination was created an extraordinary after-school program in creativity and teamwork for every child at destination imagination teams are formed and challenges are met with a whole lot of imagination And while we can't guarantee it'll get your kid into Harvard or onto American Idol, we're pretty sure that Destination Imagination will be the most important journey they make this year. Maybe any year. 
parents, teachers. Start a Destination Imagination team by calling 888-321-1503 or visit DestinationImagination.org. That's DestinationImagination.org. You're listening to Empower Radio. Now back to Journey to Center with Dr. Tammy Belashevsky. Hello, you amazing souls. I hope you're starting to understand how magnificent you are. And if you're, if you're not getting clued in, you will in a minute as we hang out with Melissa Risden. So, Melissa, before we went to break, I mentioned that you're going to share with us your inner foundation formula to start helping us shift in that direction of, of just a, a more fun, more solid, more loving life. So I've got my pin out. I want to hear about this. <laughs> Love it. Well, it's it's very simple, which how how some things are. Um, it's the word inner I N N E R is an acronym for each one of the steps. So the very first step is the I, and this is one of those steps that I think people have a tendency just to skim over. The step is all about identi- identifying where you're at in your life. Like, what is the truth of what's happening in your life right now? Because I always look at, at you know, if an airplane is going to be flying from, San, you know, from, is, if, and if an airplane is going to be landing in, in New York, you really need to know where it is that you're coming from if it's going to be landing there because it's going to take different routes. And it's really important to sit down and, you know, lovingly and non-judgmentally, you know, really find out where are you at in your life. You know, are things going well? Are things going bad? Are you, you know, you know, not with judgment as to where you want to be, but just what's, what's the truth? It's just like if someone's going to make a financial decision, it's the truth is you got to, you know, take a look at, at your finances and your books and really look at what is, what's the bottom line number of what, what the truth is. Right. And it's one of those steps that so many people, I think, for, forget to look at. And so I really emphasize on people to, you know, take some time, you know, take, take a half an hour, take an hour, really sit down with yourself and write down where are you in your life? Because it's, it's going to give you some clarity on how to get to where it is that you want to go. Mm-hmm. And so often we just jump to where we want to be and we forget to, to find out what's going to be the most efficient way to get right. there. So, yeah, what I hear you saying is take inventory and be really honest with yourself. Let's get really honest with ourselves. Yeah. You know, if you're looking at your, you know, say, you know, your health is something that's coming up and you find yourself being most critical on that area of your life, you know, where are you? Are you, are you, how well are you eating? Are you eating three meals a day? Are you eating, you know, five small meals a day? You know, what's your weight at? And just try to not make yourself wrong about where anything is. It's just identifying what's really going on. This Mm -hmm. is not something that you have to share with anyone else. It's just something about being honest and identifying it. And, and it can be, and it can be life changing in itself because it, it, it really allows you to, to get clear on that area. And yes, I think that's vital. Yes. Yes. So the next one is the first N, which is some of what we've been discussing. And I always say this is about noticing your different personalities. This is about noticing the different um, inner voices that are, that, are, that are coming up. And that goes with some of the exercises that we were already discussing. But I always say notice your different personalities because I think as 
women, and I think men definitely have them too, but they can definitely notice it on women they love. You know, we, we definitely can show up with our different personalities um, in place. And it's really kind of noticing what it is that these inner voices are saying to you, what it is that they're sharing with you, you know, what deeper message, you know, is the positive intent behind it. So some of all those things that we were discussing before, really kind of noticing all the different parts, noticing all the different personalities and what's coming out um, of your mouth. What's that internal language? So vital. Yeah. So vital. Absolutely. And so that's this, your next N. What, so that was what? Okay, so that's we have the first, I. The first, the, the mm-hmm. I is identify where you're at in your life. Identify, yes. And then the first N is notice your personalities. You know, notice your parts, your inner critic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The second the N. Mm-hmm. And the second N is about now. So now that I know now that I know, now that I know where I'm at in my life, now that I've noticed some of my personalities, what am I going to choose now? What will I now choose differently? And this one stemmed from when I was not in a good place in my life. And someone said to me that, you know, Melissa, you're exactly in your life where you are because of the choices that you've made. And it was like taking full accountability of, wow, you know, I am not in a good place. But it's because of all the choices I've made, which now empowers me to make new and better and different choices with the information I have. Yes. So it's yeah. about being you know, very, very present. And the E is about empathy. Be mm-hmm. empathetic to yourself and to others. And, you know, empathy. Such I a big it, one. It, yes, it really, it, one. it really is. You know, empathy is, you know, it's the ability to identify with and understand somebody else's feelings. It's also, you know, empathize with yourself. If you're carrying guilt around, you know, a lot of people will carry it, you know, something happened five, ten years ago, and they carry guilt around, and it's like, if you knew now, you know, if you knew then what you know now, would you have made the same choices? And everybody, you know, almost everyone says no. It's like, be empathetic with who you were back when you made certain choices. Be empathetic with the life that you've had. You know, be empathetic with understanding, you know, you just learned something new today, so now you can make different choices. And then um, the final piece is the R, which is really about respecting yourself. And I say respect yourself above everyone else. I say you know, put yourself first. Do it with love and compassion and understanding with, with everyone around you. And you need to really respect who you are, respect your needs, your wants, your feelings, so that you can start to learn how to communicate those things. Yeah, and again, this is such a powerful way of putting us on that solid foundation within so that we can show up fully in our lives and and fully for others, but not Mm -hmm. contorting yourself for the comfort of others, you know, being your authentic shape and then really being, I think it's about giving from the best of ourselves, giving from a full well and not expecting anybody to, you know, take care of us because we're doing it for ourselves. And then we can like just really claim our authentic power that it's such a powerful journey that you just described. If, if people would start implementing that, it, it is, it's transformational. Yeah. And I think it's something that a lot of people have heard and intellectually we know. It's something though, that people actually need to take action with and start mm-hmm. doing. 
And these are all areas that, you know, having someone helped you, help you, have someone assist you so they can make reflections back to you is, is so key to this transformation. It, it is so key in helping you move through it. You know, don't think you have to try and do everything on your own. Find somebody, a teacher, a mentor, someone that you can confide in that will help move you through this because you can go through some of these steps, you know, you can go through these and five years from now you can wake up in the same spot or you can look for some assistance and, you know, five weeks from now you might be like, for the first time in my life, I love myself, I love my life, I feel comfortable in my own skin. Well, what's changed? Your internal relationship. Yes. And I think you're bringing up a good point. I think it's hard to heal in a Petri dish by ourselves. I think we don't heal alone. I think we do need the support and encouragement of others. And I also believe when the student's ready, the teacher appears. So if somebody's listening, it's like, you know, I really am ready to go to the next level of loving myself for success in my life. Once you really open your mind to that possibility, that person's going to show up. Maybe it's Melissa. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's somebody, you know, that you've heard about recently or a, a therapist that you know about in your community. It could be listening to more shows on Empower Radio. Who knows? But if you're ready for a transformation, there there are angels seen and unseen that are there to hold your hand and get you to the next level. And I know that's been true for me. And it sounds like that's been true for you. It's, it's so true. And, and what just flashed before my eyes is I remember I heard um, a gentleman um, by the name of Tim Kelly speak about your spiritual purpose in life. And I remember, you know, it was that same thing. When you're ready, the teacher will show up. Mm-hmm. Well, the teacher came before me. And I remember being terrified, but I knew I had to go up to him and say, I need your help. And I remember, you know, like step by step getting closer to him, but I just, I knew I needed help. And so I had a five minute conversation with him and he was beautiful because he said, you know what, you know who you need help from? You need help from this other gentleman who knows my teaching and completely aligns with what it is that you need help with. And it was beautiful because he, you know, just because... I knew I needed some of his teaching. He perfectly aligned me with who it was I was meant to be with. And this other mm-hmm. gentleman just so changed my life. So I would say, you know, if me, if Tammy, if anyone else sparks an interest, reach out because we may share something with you and point you in a direction that is like, oh, my gosh, this is whom I really need, you know, to, to be with. Or it may, you know, it, if Tammy speaks to you, then reach out. I always say, like, don't be afraid to ask for help. I think that's true. And I think it's just like relationships. There are good fits and not good fits. Some people have come to me thinking that I would be a great fit for them. And I'm like, well, I think you might work better with somebody who does cognitive or behavioral because my... I'm kind of, I'm a spiritual counselor, so I'm not right for everyone. If you're a really intellectual person, I might not be the right fit. So yeah, it's just like a relationship. It's like hairdressers or dentists or, you know, it's about finding the right fit for you and really trusting your intuition, leaning into it. And um, the healing will begin. That's how it works. So Melissa, I would love to know how you've seen some of your clients change as you've supported them in, in shifting this inner voice? What are, some, uh, what are some success stories, if you will? I would say some of, the, some of the things that I've loved seeing the most is it's almost like it's the, the quiet underneath it. You know, you look at someone and you can really see her eyes are sparkling now more. You know, she's more aligned with, with who she is. 
And it's not always in the words that someone use. It's so much for me just there's something about someone when they're feeling authentic and comfortable in their own skin. And there's just something that almost works that almost when I work with a client where it almost feels like the Rubik's cube almost just lines up, you know, I helped Mm -hmm. a woman recently with that, um, with, with, with her question. I'm, I'm blanking at the moment as you know, that, that question that I had for me is what's wrong with me. And I forget what her kind of core question was, but we worked together and helped transform it. And it was amazing because I was at a seminar with her working and it was just like, she was bouncing almost like Tigger around. Yes. I was when seeing she, that in my mind. I love that. <laughs> she was bouncing around just so grateful that she's like, you helped me get to the, to the core of this. And now I feel empowered by this, this question. I had um, another woman that I worked with that was, um, she had just had terrible problems hiring uh, virtual assistants and everyone she hired just wasn't the wrong thing. So we actually went into all this parts work to try and find out, you know, what was this internal criticism? What's going on? You know, in a complete direction different than where you think you might go. And we found out that one of her parts of her was being so critical because she really wanted to be like the honor monitor. She had a military background and she wanted to make sure that somebody that came onto their team had the same morals and honor and, and standards. Well, once she got in tune with that, then, you know, she interviewed a couple of people. She knew more of what she was looking for. And it all stemmed from this voice that was being critical of her, not even her virtual assistant. And mm-hmm. those are things that I love that it's like you go internal and then, you know, externally beautiful things start happening. You're, you're more aware of what it is that you need. Um, I had somebody else that was kept self-sabotaging speaking engagements, getting up in front of people and speaking and did some inner work and realized there was a part of her that said, I'm not letting you up on stage until you start doing some um, spirit, more spiritual and meditative work. And there was, there was, you know, without going into the whole story, there was a connection that she needed for that. You know, to protect yourself, you need, you need to, to have some more spiritual work done. And then once she did, she started, of course, getting more, much more speaking engagements that she didn't self-sabotage anymore. So it was yeah, just those little things that I love seeing those examples of. There's, there's, there's sometimes there's wisdom behind it. This part that was self-sabotaging her was in her, was protecting her. Yes. I hear that. Keeping her safe or wanting her to go to the next level in a really solid way that wasn't based on ego. Yes. That's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Something else that I think is really good. I have this quote from you that I think is just so powerful, so true. It's not the significant things you do that affect your life. It's the insignificant things you do on a daily basis that significantly affect your life. To me, that speaks of just how a minor fine-tuning can just change your life in a really big way. Yeah. It's those, it's those little things that you do over and over and over again. Those are the habits. You know, like the, the mirror talk I, that I spoke of earlier, that was something that's, you know, anytime I see my reflection now in any mirror, I say, I love you. And it doesn't matter how good I look or not look, you know, I could have just done the ugly cry. 
<laughs> when I see myself, I, I, I am, it's habitual for me. I say, I love you. I may say it out loud. I may say it internally. And it's just something that that's significantly changed my life. And, and you know, who would think of, you know, a glance in the mirror over and over again saying, I love you would change it, but it does. What a great habit. That's fantastic. I might have to try that. I, I highly I, encourage it and recommend it. <laughs> no, I can see where that would be really, really powerful. It never really occurred to me. But I mean, how often do we glance at a mirror, see ourselves in reflection as we're walking by the coffee yeah. shop or whatever? And just to remember to send ourselves love or acknowledge that. I think that, that could, I mean, because it seems like we see ourselves in mirrors many times a day, be it a rear view mirror or whatever. And just to have that be a little reminder. I think that's fantastic. To love ourselves warts and all. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. One of my teachers said that when I first started on this path, and I, it was hard for me to comprehend at the time, they said the real purpose of life is to learn to love ourselves no matter what. And, and I didn't quite understand that. And I'm still working on understanding that. It goes deeper and deeper and deeper all the time. And it's never the issue outside of us. It's the issue. It's how we are with ourselves through the issue. Can we learn to love ourselves despite what's happening in any outer circumstance? That's a, it's an interest, it's an interesting shift to go from that outer reality and ambition to the inner reality of just loving ourselves, loving ourselves no matter what. And I always say just, if this is a journey, life is a journey and be, be kind to yourself, you know, as mm -hmm. you would be to a four-year-old child that is learning something for the first time, you know, just be, be gentle with yourself mm -hmm. and when you catch yourself in the middle of not being gentle with yourself, those are the key moments to just take a breath and be gentle to yourself. Yeah, compassionate, you know, and, and that's something I say, how do you want the world to treat you? How do you want other people to treat you? And for me, that's like gently, you know, with grace. And uh, so I know that means I have to treat myself self gently. Because it's, it, it is, it's all a reflection of a relationship with ourselves. So what do you want from out there? You want, want to be more abundant? How can you be abundant with yourself? And that doesn't mean necessarily spoiling yourself and let a four-year-old run the show. Right. <laughs> that can be fun for moments, but you don't want to spend entire weeks there. <laughs> yeah. So, Melissa, I'm curious. What do you think is really possible when we become, you know, true and authentic fans of ourselves? What is possible? I mean, the the typical cliche that comes to mind is anything is possible. And, <laughs> you know, it is. And just, it's just one of those things that if there is something, it's possible, just, it truly is possible to feel comfortable in your own skin. There, there is a way where you don't need to feel that you need to apologize for who you are or your personality or your feelings or your emotions, that this is who I am and I'm okay with it. And I'm okay with however anybody else feels with it because I love myself. I know who I am. And it's, it's a really amazing feeling because life just starts to become more in the flow as opposed to completely intellectualizing everything instead of making things difficult and pushing through it. Things start to just come to you because I yes. think you turn more into, more, you're more aligned. You're more like a magnet. Mm -hmm. And things, life just gets easier. 
I love that. Something I say is like when you find your authentic shape instead of contorting for the comfort of others, the other pieces of the puzzle that naturally fit with you can show up. Yeah. That's been my experience. And, and so. I want to share with, share with people also, it's not that, you know, in quotes, bad things don't still happen. It's just how you react to them and how you deal with them is so mm-hmm. different because you're yes. in a much more empowered and aware state as opposed to, you know, victim and reactive. And it's just, it's a really beautiful place. It's a really beautiful place to be. I want, really I want everyone, I want everyone, I want everyone to feel comfortable in their own skin. I want you to be a fan of who you are. <laughs> I, I love that. You're the cheerleader for this. And it, it, can you imagine how great planet Earth would be if more people you know, really understood this and lived this. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a really, it's a really beautiful thing and something I'm, I'm utterly grateful for. You know, it's something that here it was, you know, almost 10 years ago, went through this very difficult divorce that I wouldn't wish upon anyone. And now it's, it's something in my life I'm extremely grateful for. And I know my ex-husband is extremely grateful for it too, because it put both of us on a completely different path than we had been intending and it, it's, you know, for me, it's awakened me to this, this whole other life and given myself permission to, you know, help others, which is something, ironically, I've wanted to do my whole life. I just didn't really know until my mid-30s what it is that that looked like and what it is that that really meant to be. Yes, it's so true. You know, everything you're saying, I just, I just love your process, your journey, your path. And now you also have a radio program, Raving Fan Radio. I can do. you tell people where to find you? Yeah, you can actually go to ravingfanradio.com. And it's actually on a network, um, Contact Talk Radio Network. And it's something that I've been doing since May. And it's every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific. And do all the shows live. And I just, I bring guests on that I want them to talk about, you know, what it, you know, their story, how they became a fan who they, of who they are and share whatever expertise they have in life. And it's just, it's a, a fun, easygoing show. And it's great because, you know, I get to screw up and laugh at myself and enjoy things because it's live radio. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> you got to have fun with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's no, it's no good to beat yourself up. It really isn't. So, Melissa, before we went to break, I'd mentioned that you were going to share with people how they can get a free copy of your ebook. So, how might they do that? The easiest way is if you um, go to the um, web URL link, criticttofan.com, and it just takes you right there to the page where you can download the book. And so, it's www.critic.com. I gotta write these down now that I'm gonna be spelling C R I T I C two T O fan F A N dot com. So critic two fan dot com. And they'll be able to download a free copy of Turn Your Inner Critic into Your Raven Fan. I love it. I think this is fantastic. So, Melissa, we've only got a couple minutes left here. I'm wondering if you have any little last bits of wisdom or advice that you can share with, with me and my friends here today. Uh, last bit of wisdom advice. I, I, I think it's the, 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 the two things, and, and some of what we've, just, we've been saying is it truly is the insignificant. It's those little things that you think are insignificant that just radically change your life. 
And I, I do think that there's so much about that, just seeing your reflection of just, you know, really say, saying I love you every time you see it until you believe it, until you feel it. Mm. And to me, it, it so all goes back to that, you know, the Marianne Williamson poem that our, you know, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. <sighs> I love that quote. I know. It's one of my favorite. And it's scary to be in your, you know, it, it can be scary to be in your ultimate power, but it's such a pr- beautiful process to get there and, and, you know, give yourself credit for wanting to get there and just keep moving forward. Yeah. And, and I like something you're saying there as well. Fake it till you make it. Look in the mirror, say those things. And it can be weird and uncomfortable and not feel maybe mm, deeply authentic in the beginning. But if you keep doing it, something's going to shift. Yeah, some, at some point, something shifts. I think that's that's absolutely true. So, um, yeah, just just keep on keeping on. And, and it, if you want it, I think if you really want it, if you want an authentic life, if you really are willing to take the action steps, even the small ones, it's going to move you that direction. It's going to move you to New York or wherever it is you want to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, because I think we're all star stuff. We all have God within us. And I think that's the biggest, the biggest challenge is to believe it's not out there. It's in here. It's in the very center of Melissa, of me, of Nate, of you. You know, you have the power of the universe within you to relax and receive and accept that, align with that. It's like, I do believe planet Earth can become like heaven. It's an exciting time to be alive, don't you think, Melissa? I do. I I agree. And I I do believe that, you know, it it is within each one of us. That's why there's this huge awakening of spirituality happening right now. You know, it's really self-defining of what is our relationship, you know, with God and the universe and what does that mean to us individually. And there's just so much excitement going on right now. There's just so much, I would say, you know, awakening happening and we're, we're here to help people. Absolutely. And I really believe when we say yes to this healing journey, we don't heal alone. We can transform the world by taking personal responsibility, taking those yeah. little steps in, in the direction of just more love, more compassion, more empathy, like you had said. It will ripple out and transform the world. It does. It, it's very it exciting. Very much does. So, Melissa, just um, tell me again your um, email, I mean, your uh, website address. You had a couple of them, but what's your primary website address? Um, You can find anything under my name at melissarisden.com, and it's spelled M-E-L-I-S-S-A, Risden, R-I-S-D as in David, O-N.com. So anything we've spoken of, you can find there, and then just... Perfect. The quick and easy one to get the free gift um, is just critic to fan. Perfect. One stop shopping at Melissa Risden. And I think the more Melissa, the better. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been well, an honor to been be here. So- fun. I just adore you. I love your message. And I just want to send blessings out to our listeners, to Nate, to Brent Carey. Thank you for this forum called Empower Radio. And if you want to get a hold of me, I'd love to hear from you with questions, comments, thoughts, 
whatever's going on, I'd love to connect with you. You can find me on Facebook at Tammy Balashevsky, or you can write to me at TammyBPhD at gmail.com or find my website, TammyBPhD.com. That's spelled with uh, an I, T-A-M-M-I-B-P-H-D.com and get... Uh, Get on there, talk to me, connect with me, because I think that's what it's about. It's really connecting from the heart. That's what's going to heal the world. So take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be your biggest fan and watch your life transform. Love from our hearts to yours onward and upward. Bye for now.